What is your favorite food? Pizza. We've all heard that a million times. That's a pretty common question and answer transaction. When I ask the question, however, I always take it a step further. When the answer is pizza, my next question is, what kind of pizza? So ask yourself that same question. What is your favorite food? And if your answer is pizza, then ask yourself the second question. What kind of pizza is your favorite? My favorite kind of pizza depends on the moment. So what we're going to do here is have a breakdown of the most common types of pizza. And this is all you will ever need to know on pizza because really you don't really need to know that much about pizza. So here we go. First up, something near and dear to my heart, deep dish pizza. Now I lived in Chicago for a year and I grew up in the upper Midwest. So deep dish pizza has been a part of my life from very early age. But the best way I can classify deep dish pizza is this is your meathead bro dude friend. He drives a truck bigger than most military tanks. You literally need to climb up into his truck. He wears the bright orange Oakleys, blasts his music even in the morning on the way to work, he shotguns beers on the weekend, and is always down for power at your house before you go out drinking. Even though you try to tell him, dude, I have a wife and kid in the living room and it's dinner time. I can't really shotgun a beer right now in the kitchen. Like your friend, it means well, but it's best only a few times a year, and after one or two slices, you've usually had enough. Neapolitan pizza. Ah, my favorite. This pizza can be classified best as your friend that wears a sports coat to everything. When you're at a basketball game, he's looking for the concession stand that sells gimlets. He drives an Audi, he just got back from another trip to Vail, and when you visit his place, he always busts out the 18-year-old scotch with a cigar from a tiny village in Cuba. But you know what? Dressing up to sit in box seats at a basketball game, riding shotgun in a leather seat with ambient light, and talking about the fresh powder while sipping an 18-year-old scotch and puffing on a great cigar is a pretty good night. In fact, it's a great night, but it can't be every night. Delivery pizza. This is your best friend. He's been there since day one. You're most familiar with him. You alternate each year on who runs your fantasy league. You stood up in each other's wedding, and when you see each other now, you pick up right where you left off, even if it's been a while. You talk about how different things are now, but in reality, they're still the same, in a good way. If you think back, the crazy times that you had were probably not that crazy, and the funny stories you talk about now don't even get a smile from your wife. More like an eye roll, because they've heard them a hundred times. But as time goes on, five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now, when you need a laugh, when you need a break, or when you need someone to talk to, he'll be there. And so will Domino's, Papa John's, and Pizza Hut. Trendy thin crust pizza with arugula, goat cheese, and drizzled honey. This is your cool friend. Maybe this guy has a majestic beard, maybe not. But he gets his hair cut every week. He loves his jet black BMW M3 and listens to music from artists you've never even heard of. You like beer? Good, because this friend loves beer, especially the triple dark stout 90-minute Irish double IPA that you literally have to drink with a fork and knife. This guy is always eating at the newest restaurants around town, and that makes you a little bit depressed as you realize you haven't been to those parts of town in about two to three years, but he was there four days ago with his new girlfriend. You like going out with him, but after a night of sushi and drinking $14 old fashions with dry ice and garnished with edible flowers, you just want to leave the lounge you're at that doesn't have a front door, walk down the alley that has a line of people freezing their asses off waiting to get in, and go back home to something more your speed. Frozen pizza. This is the guy you call when you need a fourth for golf. When you're at the store, it always seems like a good idea. Hey, I like pizza, and these are only $4. I should grab a couple and keep them in the freezer for when I feel like pizza. So you do, 
And inevitably, on a Sunday afternoon, with the red zone on and your wife and kids out running errands, you dive in headfirst to this pizza with great optimism. At first, you're like, this is pretty good. And then you go back in for another bite and another. But by the time you've reached the fourth slice, the same time that your fantasy team is falling apart, you realize you've made a terrible mistake. And all of a sudden, your fingers are like sausages and you can't get your wedding ring off. Your stomach feels queasy and you start sweating. But you know what? It's too late. Now you need to live with the choices you've made. You're still hungry, but you can't eat anything else for a while, and you really regret buying those pizzas. You vow never again. But about a month later, the same situation repeats itself, and you're right back where you started, riding in the second golf cart, listening to bad music on Pandora, as you share a six-pack of Michelob Ultra, wishing you were anywhere else. Now it's time for today's sponsor, I Wish I Had. And today's sponsor I wish I had is a brand and a set of products that I have been using legitimately for about 13 years. Now, I don't have a long, flowing, majestic beard, but I have been shaving since I was in middle school. And I've always had issues with razor burns and bumps until I found and started using The Art of Shaving. And the first time I saw The Art of Shaving, I believe was in the North Park Mall in Dallas back in 2006 or 2007. And I think I even went on a date with one of the women that was working in the store. So maybe that's why I started using the product. But regardless, the major reason I started using them was to try and eliminate my razor burns and bumps. And the woman who I went on a date with told me when I was in the store that this was a great solution because their shaving creams don't have any alcohol in them, which dries out your skin. That makes sense. So even though I was using all of those extra hydrating, sensitive skin shaving creams with the 12 blade razor for maximum cut, I was still drying the hell out of my skin. So I tried the shaving cream and it was awesome. And then I tried their straight edge safety razor and that was much sharper. After that, I added the Badger hairbrush, which will help lather the hell out of that shaving cream. And then I started adding the pre-shave oil and this pre-shave oil helps ease the harshness of the blade. And now all of a sudden, well, well for the last 13 years, I've had a much better and closer shave than I ever have had. Now it's an investment because this stuff ain't cheap, but if you do the math, the amount of money that you will spend over the course of a year if you need to shave most days, I'm not even talking about every day, but even if you need to shave most days, you will save a ton of money because the razor blade refills for those big brand razors are really expensive. And their shaving cream is also really expensive and it doesn't last that long. The last thing I'll say about this is the Art of Shaving also has all of their shaving creams and oils and all of their other products in a variety of scents and even non-scented option. Right now, I'm still using peppermint shaving cream I got for Christmas, along with the Kingsman movie-themed bourbon-scented pre-shave oil. So stop in the store, check them out online, and give it a try. I promise you'll dig it. Theartofshaving.com All right, enough rambling today. Time to get to today's guest. I said last week he's got a crazy-ass name, and he has a crazy-ass story the first day I met him. His name is Hoy Toddy, and here he is. First day that we met also mm. happened to be yeah the my first day with the company that we both work for, and we kicked off the day with a uh, four-hour drive through the hill country, and that's where the crescendo happened. And there's Hoyt, and Hoyt, do you remember what you happened to be wearing that day when I met you? 
I I do. I do remember. Uh, today that I will never forget. Um, it was a beautiful, if I must say, um, white and brown, I believe, floral patterned one-piece dress. Yes. Um, now, let me yeah. stop you right there because you're correct. Okay. So, on a scale of Peruvian Inca Orca to Bigfoot, where would you say, where would you say you fall in the chest hair and beard hair category? Uh, exquisite? Is that an option? Healthy? Uh, one of the things I actually wanted to talk to you about uh, that doesn't make me want to vomit, you got married a little on the younger side. Got married at a super young age. Um, I uh, was working at a restaurant, uh, P.F. Chang's, and met my wife. And she was currently, you know, when her and I first met, uh, funny story, she was dating the bartender at the at the restaurant. And so, you know, that was a no-fly zone. And it's your standard beginning of a rom-com right here. Exactly, yeah, right? And, and it, gets, it only gets better. Um, because so a few months later, they had broken up. Um, and so eventually, um, I, I got up the courage. I wrote my name and number uh, inside of a matchbook one day. And uh, gave it to her. I was like, "Hey, if you ever want to hang out sometime, yeah, here, here's here's my number. Give me sh- give me a call." And she never called me. But then one day, she uh, she uh, waits until it's you know about about quitting time, and she she walks up and she's checking out um, on the computer screen that I was I just so happened to be working on at the time. Yeah. Um, and she's like, "Yeah, getting off. Wish you could come with me." I'm like, "Whoa." Where did that come from? Because uh, just like three days ago, I said, call me, and you didn't. And being the lady that she was, she's like, yeah, you totally screwed that up. We went on our first date in October um, of 2002. And uh, a year later, we were engaged. A year after the engagement, we were married. The getting married at such a young age, it just truthfully, because I, I sat down and thought about this one, is... I felt like I was trying to maybe right my parents wrong because they got divorced when I was in first, second grade. And so I needed, you know, I wanted a sense of stability, you know, in my life. And Mm -hmm. that meant, you know, find a wife and, you know, stay married. And um, that's probably why I did it so young. And on top of the fact that I just happened to find, you know, someone that, was just genuine and kind and loving and you know all the you know other superlatives that'll you know come along with an amazing wife so did your parents support you when that Mm. was happening yes for sure yeah that's the one thing they um you know my mom was you know she you know she gave me the what the just the facts and matters of you know you're young the odds are against you but if this is what she feels right, then go for it. And, you know, Pops was, you know, do you love her? And I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, yeah, remember that. You know, that, that's the one thing I, I look back on. Uh, he pulled me aside on the, on the wedding night. And he, he told me, it's, you know, it's not always going to be easy, uh, which he, he, he knew. He'd been married a, a few times. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah, he, he's like, it, it's, it's not always going to be easy. And I remember this night, remember how you feel this night. And when those, when those hard times come, um, remember how much you love her tonight. He's, your so, dad's like, remember how you're feeling right now. And you're like, uh, broke. 
<laughs> broke exactly. as shit. Okay, right. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> exactly, right? Right, so you got married 23-ish, and you had your first uh, daughter when? So she was born in 2011, and so that, that put me at 30. That was actually, so, you know, uh, di- doing a little deep dive with you. I don't know, you may or may not be aware of this. Uh, she was actually our second pregnancy, and um, our first one didn't didn't go off as planned. It was uh, it turned out to be an ectopic pregnancy. Uh, we found out really early on, um, but not early enough, you know, for us to get ridiculously excited and super amped that we were going to have a baby and told the world. Um, and then, you know, like three weeks later, it's like you're not going to have a child and you want to talk about, I mean, wow. some, somebody asks you, what's the worst day of your life? I can pinpoint it. I, you know, I remember yep. the day. And so, um, yeah. It, it, and after that we, you know, it was kind of a, Ooh, that, that stung. And we agreed, Hey, we'll, we'll just take a couple, you know, a couple years or, you know, whatever, no time frame. We're just going to take a break. Not, not really plan on the kids thing. Cause uh, that didn't feel too nice. And yeah. so, um, you know, we got to a point where, okay, our, you know, our hearts had kind of mended and we were ready to, uh, take another stab at it. And yeah, we got, we got Anissa, um, in 2011. Uh, not, not to go backwards here, but when mm-hmm. you mentioned the, the first experience that didn't go so well, not, not to get too close to the bone, but yeah. how did you guys support each other through that? Because I've got to believe you know, you're old, you're older, but still young. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. dealing with maybe, maybe your first collective uh, tragedy or, or something like that, where you have real adversity beyond just, you know, Hey, we, you know, we're broken, <laughs> right. that kind of <laughs> right. thing. Yeah. So exactly. you mentioned your dad kind of gave you that advice of, Hey, when you fall on hard times, you know, think of the wedding night. How did you guys kind of hug each other and get through that, that first, you know, little bit of time after that, after that news? You know, anyone that doesn't know my wife, uh, she was put on this earth to be a mom. And and so when we find out we're, you know, this baby that we were just ridiculously excited about isn't going to happen, uh, you know, her, her world came falling down around her. Uh, so that was an opportunity for me to really, you know, kind of step up and, you know, put... Honestly, just kind of put my emotions to the side, uh, and I, me as an individual, I'll do that anyway, just because uh, you know, typical guy, compartmentalize, and <laughs> you know, no, yeah. I don't, I don't have feelings, um, and so I'm not crying, you're crying. Yeah, I'm exactly, not crying, exactly, you're crying. exactly, exactly. And so in that moment, um, it was, you know, it, it was my purpose, it was my duty. Uh, it was my responsibility to see to her and her emotions. Um, and yeah, it sucked. Uh, it hurt, uh, cut me deep, you know, for her, it, it, you know, it's one of those things we'll never understand as guys carrying a baby is, is just, it, it's something different. And so, you know, it was almost like a part of her died. And yeah. so I just felt a, a, an immense responsibility to comfort her and, um, you know, cater to whatever emotional desire she needed at that time. And, you know, if she needs to cry, I'm there. If she needs to talk, I'm there. If she needs to, you know, punch somebody in the face, you know what? Hey, let me get the dog. You can punch <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, as it was fresh and raw, it 
sucked, but we were in it together. And so uh, from there, I think, you know, that, you know, it strengthened our bond. Uh, so right. that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, my follow-up question to that is, yeah. where do where do you go right when you need someone to brighten up your day in that situation, right? So she's struggling. You're doing way above the admiral thing. You're being super husband yeah. by being there for her, doing whatever. You're putting your stuff to the side so you can be that rock for her, which sure. that drains anybody who's ever gone through right. that with with anything. So where did you go? What did you do when it was time for you to say, okay, now I need to deal with this. I need to, I need to have someone give me a hug, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's, uh, I've always found my escape in sports. Uh, even from a young age, you know, when my, you know, going through my parents' divorce, I was, uh, football, baseball, basketball, whatever. I was always, I was always able to find an escape there during that time, you know, had, had buddies that I was able to play flag football or softball or, you know, just go play, pick up a game of basketball and, you know, it just, just do that and escape for, you know, 30, 45 minutes. Let's fast forward to happier times. And thank you for sharing that. I know that, that, that yeah. you were out there. You were pretty vulnerable. Um, hanging out there like a, like a guy wearing a dress meeting his coworker <laughs> for the first time. So I appreciate you sharing that. So you fast forward. But, you have your first daughter. Life is good. Yeah. You're like, wow, I didn't know my heart could be so full. Um, yes. I love this child almost as much as I love tacos, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Oof. And then now we fast forward and you have your second uh, daughter yes. and how, how many years ago was that? Uh, so she was born in 2014. Uh, so they're roughly three and a half years, uh, give or take a couple months, uh, apart. And still to this day, I have no idea how she was conceived. I, you know, I'll go on record. I could walk you through it if you need me to. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, Audrey comes along in 2014. She, she came around a time, um, Becky and I, we weren't doing great, and her and her family were dealing with a huge tragedy. Um, they had just lost uh, her brother, um, and at a super young age, it was a super tragic incident. Um, he was he was he was shot, and their family is just absolutely in you know uh, shattered and here comes this little bundle of joy and you want to talk about right on time so audrey's born and funny story there so we get to the hospital and we get checked in and you know we're, we're going through the process and we're, we're running up on dinner time and she was just a few centimeters dilated so i had you know i had time and so what any responsible you know human being that hadn't had lunch yet he orders a pizza and <laughs> And, which I know you appreciate, but so all of a sudden, I mean, you know how long it takes a pizza to get there, right? I mean, we're talking 20, 30 minutes max. We are in the middle of delivering this baby. Like I'm hold, I'm holding a leg and the pizza shows up and, you know, so things escalated quickly. So they knock on the door, like your pizza's here. <laughs> I look at the nurse, I'm like, a little busy, and uh, they're like, he needs your signature. I'm like, just scribble it down. <laughs> and, I mean, for whatever reason, that pizza guy needed Hoyt Toddy's signature. He wasn't leaving without it. 
Um, and so I, I got to take a break, put a <laughs> put a tip down on the receipt, and sign this damn check so I can go back to helping my wife deliver my baby. Uh, yeah, and she's looking at me like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now?" And uh, oh yeah, I, like, I got to believe that. It, yeah, it was um, it was it was quite comical now after the fact. Before we wrap up here, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna end with a little segment I call "Put the Kids to Bed." You're nice. familiar. You're familiar with the format. It's gonna be some rapid fire questions. So I will Dark start the bidding um, with, and you may have already just answered this, but since we're here, this is where I'll start. What is your? You and I are going out for a drink. What is your alcoholic drink of choice? So you and I, right? So I'm always gonna be the guy that that uh, plays to my audience, and so because I know you're not a tequila guy, we're not going there. But I do know you. You will join me for a scotch or an Irish. And so you and I will be having Redbreast on rocks. Are you allowed to load the dishwasher at home? Uh, <laughs> so for those uh, for those that don't know what uh, Justin and I do for a living, we sell restaurant equipment. Um, one of and and lo and behold, we sell uh, dishwashers. And so I find you know I fancy myself as a proper dishwasher loader. Uh, I don't like to overload. My wife's like. Ah, uh, we could fit six more in there. I'm like, but then they don't get clean. So, uh, yes, I am allowed, uh, but she does get mad at me when I've still left like 18 dishes in the in the sink. Mentioning your wife, what was the? So we'll back up because we're in we're in quarantine, shelter in place mode here during the coronavirus. But prior to that, in the normal world, when was the last mm-hmm. date night that you and the missus had? We went to Galveston and um, we did dinner down there and then we went to this old dive bar that just happened to have this kind of bluesy country, you know, grassroots kind of feel to it. It was us and like six other people in the room, but it was awesome. I think the, the bar was called the Old Nickel and uh, it was live music and you know it was a a very intimate setting the beer was two dollars and she got to drive home that night Um, (laughs) so yeah it was it was just a really cool evening so what were the runner-up names for your children oh that's a really good story uh so anisa she was named in the first trimester my wife is of persian descent she was born in tehran iran and so we agreed that you know they would have um you know, a Persian name and a, you know, an American name. And we knew the American name was going to be Paige. And that was named after my grandmother, who unfortunately had passed before Anissa was born. But um, we, we did the name to honor her. And that ended up being her, her middle name. My mom, she, um, she convinced me a long, long time ago, before even kids were even a thing, that it was really neat and it was lucky to have your initials spell something. And so we knew that we wanted the initials to spell something. And so once we settled that P was going to be the middle initial, we had, um, we were really limited to A and O for names. And so we were going through Persian names, uh, starting with A and O. And 
we're driving, I'll, I'll, I won't forget this. Wife is just reading through these names and she comes across Anissa and I was like, yes, I like that. And she's like, I like it too. It's like, okay, I'm done. She's like, well, I mean, let's not decide yet. I'm like, okay, well you could, whatever. I mean, go through all the names you want, but I'm done. Turned out it was Anissa and it stuck. And so she was born or she was uh, named in the first trimester. Audrey, on the other hand, we went back and forth, back and forth. I mean, Audrey was finally named like 30 minutes before she was born. Um, and that's only a slight exaggeration by like 45 minutes. So right when you were uh, ordering the pizza? Exactly, pretty much. Like, so do you want to name her pepperoni or yeah. salami? We wanted to, wanted them to share the the first initial of A. Well, all right. Well, this was uh, quite the memorable hand-holding stroll down the beach with Hoyt Toddy. <laughs> yes, with uh, with a glass of tequila. Yes, uh, and, tow, and a glass sure. of red breast in the other. Bring it in. All right, before we finish up today, it's time for today's Just the Tip segment. This is some quick information designed to help you be a better dad or at least pretend to be a better dad. And today's Just the Tip is very apropos for this holiday weekend. I'm going to talk to you about how to quickly cool a bottle of beer, bottle of wine, bottle of bubbles, whatever you got. One thing that's happened to me on a number of occasions, especially during the summertime, is that sometimes we have people over to our house or we go over to people's houses and either we bring some beer, wine, Prosecco, whatever, or somebody else brings that stuff over to our place. And oftentimes the booze has to travel in the back of a car, right? You stop at a store or a gas station or Target on the way and you end up with room temperature or by the time it gets there, it's not nearly as cold as it should be. So you grab it anyway because you're pissed off, you're running late, you head over to your friend's house, you and your wife are arguing about why you didn't get this the day before. Once you arrive, you shove the booze in the fridge as soon as you can and hope that no one goes for the warm-ass bottle of rosé you picked up on the way. But, to your dismay, of course, four people rally around that damn bottle and then you hear something to the effect of, ooh, it's warm, and then it gets left on the counter for greener pastures of White Claws or Shiner. So how do you fix the problem? First, take the rosé, dump it down the drain, and then start over. But actually first, put said bottle of whatever you got in a bucket, fill that bucket with ice, and start turning the bottle. And turn the bottle, and turn the bottle, and turn the bottle, and turn the bottle. After a few minutes, your bottle will be cold, but that's a very manual process. And despite us guys liking a manual process, now is not the time or place. Unless everyone is in that kind of thing, which would be weird. So I always go for option number two, which is to take the bottle, Take a paper towel and wet it completely and then wring it out so it's not dripping wet. And then unfold that wet paper towel so it looks like it's back in its original shape. Wrap that paper towel around the bottle and put the bottle in the freezer. And in about 10 to 15 minutes, you will have a very cold bottle of whatever you need and can get the party back on track. You'll be sipping rosé out of a red Solo cup in no time and you'll be the hero of the party. People will talk about you for years to come and now you are instantly a legend Hashtag rosé all day. So there you go. Today's just the tip. Cheers and happy fourth.